Hey, this is Andrew from Rip to Shreds, and you are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. Maximum terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast. Got a great guest today. We got Andrew from Rip to Shreds. We're going to be talking about their new album. It comes out October twenty. Excuse me, October fourteenth on uh, Relapse. Uh, these guys are killer death metal stuff. Uh, as you all know, I love death metal stuff. Uh, Andrew, how you doing? I am pretty good. Really busy, but you know, uh, we got the new album coming out. You know, I have a bunch of other side projects. I got. Uh, another album coming out like November and then you know I run a small record label called Nameless Grave and we got a whole bunch of records coming out so it was (laughs) just real busy Uh, yeah man sounds like you're super busy Um, so let's talk about uh, Jubian let's talk about this album Uh, talk real quick if you don't mind uh, tell us a little bit about the writing process for this record Uh, so the writing for this record Basically, Rip the Shred started off as like a one-man band. Okay. Um, and then I brought in the other guys to play live around um, the end of 2019. Okay. And then, you know, I liked playing with them, so I was like, you know, I'll just bring them in, we'll just make it like a, a, a real, quote-unquote, real band. You know? um, but I'm still like writing the, uh, like, I, I write the riffs, I arrange them, and they come up with some, you know, drum machine scratch drum machine tracks and then i present that to the rest of the band okay and then they kind of take it and um you know brian our drummer he has his own style and uh because he's more from like hardcore and when he was growing up he was like super into brutal death metal okay so his perspective on writing drums is going to be different from mine um sure sure absolutely when I only need to think about writing guitar parts, you know, that frees up um, Ryan, my bassist. You know, he doesn't need to only follow the guitar riff. You know, um, if I'm doing everything myself, then in my head, it's a little simpler for me to, you know, just follow the guitar riff unless I can, I have like some flash of insight. Oh, I could totally do something different with the bass here. Sure. But you know, handing off that entire thing. Ryan, you know, lets him explore whatever he wants because you know he's only focused on writing a cool bass part to go along with the rest of the song. He doesn't need to, you know, like think of the entire song at the same time and think of all the drums and the vocals and the lyrics and how everything's got to fit together. He only needs to think about the bass, which right. I feel lets the bass on this album be a little bit more creative. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, uh, I think. I started writing last May. Okay. 
I, I think around May. And then it took me about two months or so to, you know, write out and record like basic demos of all the songs. And then I brought in Ryan and Brian and we would, you know, listen to them. If they were, you know, they would help me arrange it. Like if maybe they would point out, oh, you know, this section goes too long. Maybe this section doesn't fit. Let's take it out and try something else there. Sure. And so that's basically how it went. I, I come up with basic skeletons of all the songs, and then we get together and then see where we can improve on them, make them better. Perfect. Uh, tell me a little bit about track one of this record. Tell me about Violent uh, Compulsion for Conquest. Mm, I think this is this one's actually like the first song that I wrote for the record. Okay. I think um, I came up with like the uh, uh, like, you know, where the drums go, uh, at the start of the, well, kind of close to the start of the song, after the first you know, slow riff. Sure. And the drums are kind of doing stabs, and then it goes into a blast beat. I think that was like the first part I came up with on the record. Because I was, I, I wanted it to be like a bolt thrower kind of song. Yeah. And then, but once I started like adding in new riffs and adding in new parts, you know, it it went pretty far away from like bolt thrower, you know. Right. It turned into kind of like a uh, like an obliteration or autopsy kind of song. Sure. It was, it, so it's kind of funny how uh, you know when when you initially start writing a song, you have an idea of what you want it to be. Once you actually start working on it, it kind of just gets away from you, and then you kind of have to let the song develop naturally. Sure, of course. Well, it's a hell of a way to kick the record off, I think. Um, and let's see, uh, track two, uh, Split Apart by Five Chariots. Yeah, that one. Um, that one. I, I, that one was one of the ones where I came up with the concept of the lyrics first. Um, I. I don't always do that. A lot of the songs start off with um, kind of a feeling, and I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to try and write a fast song, or I'm going to try to write a slow song, or I'm going to try and write a song with like a bunch of D beats or something like that. Um, but some songs, I have a kind of uh, concept in my head related to the lyrics, and then I want to represent that concept in some way so like on the first record that would be like um, Yellow River I came up with the idea of uh, um, I came up with the subject matter for that first you know I, I thought of you know there's there's that huge Yellow River instant um, in like uh, the Chinese Civil War right um, this giant dam was blown up and um, it like you know devastated the entire uh, country and caused like famines and you know millions of people died. Right. And then, what? As I was thinking of that, I thought, okay, that would be really cool to represent with like a chaotic kind of Slayer style solo and you know a giant dive bomb leading into that. Right. So, similarly for the for Split Apart by Five Chariots, I thought of you know okay, I want a really cool catchy chorus. What's something that would um, be good for that and. So I came up with the idea of just like screaming the words giant cock over and over again. Right. Um, <laughs> so hey, it's, you that's, know. Kind of, that, that's kind of where that entire song is built around. 
it's a great track, man. This record's really, really cool. Um, let's see. Uh, track three in Solitude and then Sun, Moon, Holy Cult Part 3. Yeah, yeah. So this one is like... Um, uh, I, I'm a big Dream Theater fan. Dude, I love them. Yeah. I'm a huge like, fan. A huge fan. Well, the Portnoy yeah, era stuff. It's taken me forever to get exactly. into the Mangini stuff. <laughs> exactly. And everybody gives me shit about it, but... You know. I, I can't listen to the Mangini stuff. It's it's just not the same. This Portnoy has like, you know, kind of like that rock and roll attitude, and the way that his energy drives the songwriting. Sure. Just like a totally different vibe from the way Portnoy, uh, from the way Mangini uh, influences the band. Absolutely. It's, it's just not the same. I'm a big. Yeah, I like the first when they had Kevin Moore with them too on keyboards. I prefer the first two right. records. I think after that they got a little experimental. I still like it, but the Black Cloud Silver Lining, I guess, was really the last record that I was really into. I think that's the last one Mike was on. But I, you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's. I don't know. I I listened to like their last record and I think it's pretty cool. But it it also just kind of sounds like '90s era Rush, which I don't like either. Um, you know, it's like it, they just lost their, you know, it's like they, they, they're just putting out a record to put out a record, you know? So, but anyway, I didn't mean to get a chance to start with that. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I like how they have those, you know, giant epics and how they have, um, you know, continuity between, they bring back certain themes yeah. Across different albums. Yep. You know, and then so I wanted to do kind of the same thing with this song. So the first part one was on an EP that we put out in 2019. Nice. And that one, that one was also like a 10 minute plus song. I love it. We had a part, <laughs> we had a part two um, on the last full length. And then now this is part three. And so, um, so I, I definitely wanted this to start off very differently from all the other uh, Sun, Moon, Holy Cold songs. So that's why this one, you know, it starts off super fast. You know, you start blasting right away. Right. Um, and then I think ha- partway through the song, I bring back, like, the big main theme from the very first part. And um, I, I kind of wanted to express... Uh, so uh, lyrically, the song is like based on this um, martial arts novel um, by this guy called King Yong, and that dude is like, uh, man, I, he's probably like one of the most important martial arts novelists ever. Like, really? There, there's like two main guys, um, King Yong and Yong, and they were popular like. I mean, they started becoming popular like in the 50s and the 60s, and like basically all modern martial arts, you know, TV, books, film, whatever, is built on the foundations that they laid down. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's supposed to be kind of like melancholy and complicated, and then when everything earlier in the song is like kind of building up to that big melodic resolution at the very end. Do you like writing long songs? Because I, I, I love that y'all have these really long epic songs. I mean, I just... I know we talk about the Dream Theater, but is, is it something you enjoy composing? I take it as a challenge. Um, because I think... 
songs usually is oh, Recipe for Disaster. Um, especially because I find you know, straightforward death metal to be limited in the types of moves that you can express. But when you take something like Dream Theater, you know, um, people's expectations of something like prog rock and prog metal sure. aren't as restricted. You're allowed to break a ragtime part, or you're allowed to, you know, break out into a soft acoustic, whatever, you know. But when you play straightforward death metal like we do, I think there's a very narrow range of quote unquote acceptable expression and have it still sound like death metal. Otherwise, you end up with something like Opeth. Um, sure. I, I know people like Opeth, but I personally. I, I don't like I, either their death metal period or their new prog rock stuff. 100% agree the with you. Way, the way that they approach writing long songs just, it doesn't speak to me. It doesn't me either. So when, so when I'm writing a super long song like this, that's death metal and that's fast, because of course, you know, you have death doom you have, you have Death Doom bands, you know, they play very slow. Sure. And so obviously they end up with like 20 minute long songs. Right. But that's just because the whole thing is super slow. And then for this, you know, there are some slow parts, but it's mostly fast. And so for me, the challenge really is how, how do I come up with a long song that um, that is mostly fast, and but I can still keep it interesting without repeating myself or making it get monotonous, you know, like um, if you think of like a, a, a suffocation song, right. you have a million riffs. Absolutely. You want to keep it within like three or four minutes because, you know, it's too much to like really digest. So I, I don't know if I would call it, I enjoy writing long songs, but I definitely appreciate the challenge in trying to come up with a long song that... Uh, a long death metal song that kind of I think is good. I think it's very unique and and to touch on the Opeth thing. You know, they were I I I could, ne- I could never get into it. You know, everybody's oh listen to this Blackwater Park or listen to this like I just don't I I just don't like it. Um I think they're great musicians that he's had Michael's had in that band but you know, I don't even like Bloodbath. You know, I don't like anything that guy's done. I'm just not a fan. Like, it was so funny because my co-host was like, "Oh, you, you know, you, you don't like blood." Ba-? It's like, no, they're they're a cover of like American death metal. Like, I don't I don't want to listen to that. I don't. I'm not a big. The only European death metal band. I don't know what your take is on European death metal. The only one that I like is Dismember. That's it. I I I, so I, I, I just can't. I, I personally, I don't like Bloodbath either. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. They 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 have like a whole bunch of. You know, like, I, I haven't listed all their albums, only a couple. So the ones that I heard, you know, some of them sounded like a, like kind of like a ripoff of, like, Morbid Angel. Exactly. Or um, maybe some parts that sounded sort of like Cannibal. Yeah. And it was kind of like, this isn't very interesting. I mean, I, I, I love European death metal. I think there's so many great bands. Dismember is obviously one of them. You know, I love Bolt Thrower. I love Entombed. See, Bolt um, Thrower, I guess I always forget. I just, I know they're British, you know. See, in Entombed, the interesting thing on Entombed, Left Hand Path is the only thing I like. I, I, and I don't even think it's that good. Like, to me, I would much rather listen to Deicide's Legion or Deicide's debut album or 
you know, the first the first four Cannibal records. See, Cannibal's dead to me without Barnes. I don't. I'm older. I'm an older dude. Like I, I can't. I don't like the stuff they do with George. I just don't. And the stuff they're doing now sounds like fucking deathcore, and I don't like any of it. Now the last record was cool because Rutan's doing some stuff on it, and I love him. Um, but I, yeah, I I'm real picky about my death metal, and you know, Suffo I love, uh, Immolation I love, but I don't know the European stuff. Dismember was the only one, and I saw them, you know, in their heyday, and I I love them. I thought they, and I still do. I think they're a great band, but. For some reason, like vomitory and all that, stuff, I could never get into that stuff, you know. And entombed, I think. I don't know. To me, the the, the biggest thing there is if you, if you look at a band like Entombed, sure, and directly compare them to Dismember, I think Dismember takes more from um, kind of like classic metal, like Iron Maiden or something. Yeah, and Entombed is much more obviously punky. It um, is. It, yeah, if you listen to like a. Discharge or like the Swedish hardcore bands like Anti Cymex yeah. or Mob 47. Sure. Here, there's a lot of that in, in Tomb. So, I don't know, the I whole death and roll thing. I didn't like the death and roll shit. I don't like that. I don't know. I just don't. You know what I mean? The I, whole. I, I personally, I personally love uh, Wolverine Blues. And, Do you? And I love uh, Swan Song. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, I well, I'll tell you something right now, and this is heresy to people. I don't like Carcass. I never have. I just don't. I just don't like them. I'm not a fan of their music. I, I feel like they're more grindcore than they are death metal, and I just never, you know, like symphonies and all that. I just, I, I mean, I think they're good musicians. I think Bill's a great guitar player, but I just, I, it's just not my. I was never into that stuff. If I'm going to listen to grindcore, I'm going to listen to Napalm Death. You know, I just don't. And and that was really never my thing either. But but the entomb thing I've never understood. I, I just I really don't. And nothing against you or anybody else that likes them. I just I could never get into. Bolter is a great band. Uh, and but I just after Left Hand Path like clandestine I don't like that record. I didn't Wolverine Blues I wanted to like because I'm a huge comic book geek. But I just I couldn't get into it. Like but the production and the rawness of it. I can see where it's appealing to people, but I just, I don't know, man. I, I, it's weird. I didn't mean to get on like a tangent about that, but I just, it's, uh, sure. um, but uh, I love your, I love your guitar like a, playing. You're very talented you guitarist. Like a hardcore punk fan at all or not really? Oh, am I? Yeah. I love the Dead Kennedys. I love the Misfits. I love the Subhumans. That's all stuff I grew up with. I like the Ramones. Um, mm-hmm. But like, as far as like hardcore I, I can't really say... Like, 80s hardcore? I mean, I like Sick of It All, if that counts. Uh, you know, I, I liked Fugazi. Uh, this was all... That's all stuff I listened to. A, a band called... Uh, well, obviously, I, I was really big into the crossover stuff. Like, I love the second Cro-Mags album. Like, I'm not a fan of the first... Right, right. I'm not a fan of the first album. I love, like, Best Wishes. Um, when, when DRI went, you know, like, with... Uh, uh, four of a kind. Like I love that stuff. The thrashy, punkish stuff. I like all that stuff. So that was all stuff I grew up and went and watched. Uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Fear. I love the band Fear. Um, so that that's the punk stuff I was into. I don't know if that's what you were wanting to know, but that was what I grew yeah, up. Yeah, I I just feel like Entombed has. I, I feel like Entombed appeals more to punk sensibilities. And that's also why you kind of see like a lot of modern hardcore bands that are kind of inspired by Entombed. 
But I mean, that's that's how I. That's no, that's I genius, think. dude. I, you know, no one has ever said that. I actually think that's incredibly insightful because I, I don't know what it is. It just never. It was never after Left Hand Path, and I'll give that record all the props in the world. But I just, it's kind of like obituary. I was never an obituary guy. I never liked Grave. I, I just they were just too slow. I just don't. Obituary. Uh, I, I mean, I look, like ca- cause of death. I don't like them at the same time. I like cause of death. Slowly we rot. Yeah. I never liked. I was more of like like my favorite death metal band probably ever was Malevolent Creation. Um. So the, the fast kind of blasting style. Yeah, and and then Suffo. That like like these people like Effigy to me is a masterpiece. Like I love the production on that album. I love all the songs on it. Um, I know a lot of people like Pierced better, but I'm I'm an effigy guy. Um, the first Crisian album I think is genius. I love the first Crisian album. It's just five million miles an hour, and it's nasty, and I love it. You know, uh, that was that was all the stuff I was into. You know, like early Sepultura. I, I was getting bored with thrash. Like I literally watched all this stuff come into its own, and I was living in Florida, and I I was like, oh, what's this, you know? And and that and that's my thing with like the Barnes era Cannibal. It's nothing against the George era stuff. It's just because some of that stuff's cool. Like my favorite George era an- album is probably Gallery of Suicide, but the other stuff, like I it's it, I just I just can't get into it. Like the 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 Barnes stuff, I love. Um, I love his lyrics. Yeah, I mean, the Barnes stuff is classic for a reason. I mean, it's it's. I, I and look and I, you know, I know some of those cats and uh, I'm I'm a fan, but I love the first four records. That's just and it's like with Deicide. Anything after Once Upon the Cross, I'm kind of like, eh, I just don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Deicide also admitted they kind of stopped trying after that one because they were like, they were they were sick of their uh, record contract with like Roadrunner. Sure. And then so like. You know, we're just gonna finish out this contract. We don't care, right? And that because because their post Roadrunner stuff is good at, at worst. No, it is. Oh, I'm not saying it's just when I'm grabbing an album to listen to when I'm drinking. I'm grabbing something right, old, right, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's same with Malevolent. Like I know a lot of people like Retribution. For me, it's it's the first album. Ten Commandments is my favorite thing they ever did. Um, I love that record. Um, and you know, it's it's. Suffo, it's Effigy, um, you know, and I, there's other stuff, you know, I mean, I like, I love Gorgasm, you know, I think that band's great, I think those dudes put out really cool shit for like brutal death metal stuff, but a lot of, a lot of, uh, and Pestilence, Pestilence was another band where like, I, I, I still like them even when they got real proggy and kind of like technical with like spheres, but I, you know, and their new stuff's cool too, like I, I still like them, you know, but it's, it's weird how some of the stuff just kind of, you know, and Death was a band that I loved, obviously, like so many people, and I saw them a bunch. And um, the the only Death record I don't like is Human, and everybody loves that record, but me. I, that was oh, really that that, I, that one. I think is their best. See, Mon, after Human, Mon's a weird kind one. of not as good. <laughs> See, I individuals Mon man, individual thought patterns. I think is he is so pissed off on that album. I love that record, and that and Spiritual Healing. Those are the two. Those tours were great for me, you know, and, and you know, Craig LeCicero was playing instead of Andy LaRock for the individual tour, and I was a just huge fan of that record. But no, they lost me on Human. Now, musically, obviously, it's brilliant, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not into, like, 
super technical death metal stuff. I'm just was never into that kind of stuff. I, I, I you know, I, it's just not my thing. But I, I think now symbolic. I love symbolic's great. And the last album, everybody loves the la the last record. I I did not like the last death album. I know that's so blasphemous to say that, but I just I just was not a fan of that album. I don't like his vocals on I mean, it. It's clearly like a controlled denied album. Yeah, I just can't get into the it. It's, was it's just, just like, uh, no, we want to release it as death, no singing, just just do your screaming on it. And I think it's like really obvious that the stuff on the last album wasn't written to be. Uh, you know, death songs. Yeah, I just don't like it. I I, I, I don't I mean it's nothing against him. I think he's a brilliant guitarist and songwriter and per human being. But I just I could never get into that. I could never get into the control denied stuff. So symbolic was like the swan song for me. You know, and, but um, individual's great, man. I I really like that record. I you never hear people talk about. It. I think it's nasty. I think there's some really good guitar playing on it and real melodic. And he's pissed off. I, any interview I've ever read about the making of that album said that he was absolutely just livid when he went in and was writing that album. I don't know what he was mad about, but it's a very aggressive record. I always liked it, but uh, let's get back to your record. I'm sorry. I've got on a damn death. <laughs> I love talking with you, by the way, we've got to do this again. So it's so much fun. Um, I mean, these, these, these kind of interviews, usually I'm like just regurgitating the same, you know, like five talking points. So it's nice to talk about something. Well, cool, man. Well, yeah, look, I, I, and you're a masterful guitarist, man. I mean, I, this record is is fucking fabulous. Uh, I'm new to the band, so this was my first experience. Really good stuff. Uh, I love that you're a Dream Theater fan too, and you're very knowledgeable on your stuff. It's it's very refreshing. I, I do a lot of interviews, and people are not very versed in the stuff that they're even doing, if you can believe that. And so so thank you for that. But I didn't mean to get off on a tangent about it. But um, any other tracks that you want to just that kind of stand out that you want to discuss? I don't want to just bore you to death with doing the record, but we can. But oh, yeah, I, I think um, the second to last one that that one's kind of interesting for me because. Um, I mean, mostly in this band, I stick to, um, uh, so we play seven strings. Really? So, um, yeah. Nice, dude. Standard, uh, B, E, A, D, G, E. Nice. So almost, almost all of our songs are either, um, based in B, or mm -hmm. a couple of songs I have, um, I started off in E standard. Okay. And, um. The concept behind that is, you know, I want to save the low string on that song for like a really impactful part on the record. Nice. So like on this, on on, on this record, um, I did that on uh, Race Trader, where most of the song takes place uh, in E until the very end, where suddenly I hit the super low string, and then to me that sounds like super heavy. Um, yeah. So for 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 this record, um, Peregrination, that's. The first time that for this band i tuned down to drop a oh and it really changed the way that um i kind of like approached songwriting um because like you know doing things with one finger it's it's freeing sure <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier than sure. trying to move around power chords with your whole hand and <clears throat> it let me come up with some like really stupid not not stupid in a bad way but like really dumb simple riffs that you know just have a lot of energy and so i for me that's like one of my favorite songs to play live you know i, I gotta switch out guitars uh at the end of the set so i can play this one. Oh but, wow um, it's well it's like a, it's a lot of fun because you know it's kind of slow and tough 
and then you can see everyone in the audience like they kind of get into it I, I guess I feel like um, I, I wouldn't call it dancing but you know when you play super fast I, I love it I love to play super fast I love watching super fast bands but it's a little more difficult for people to like headbang to super fast shit <laughs> yes <laughs> When you slow it down a little bit, suddenly, like, you know, everyone goes crazy. I mean, it's this record, man. You're, it's, I mean, you're a fabulous guitarist. Um, the song arrangements are great. Um, the production on it, did you guys do it yourself or? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I, I, it's nice. Thanks, man. I mean, it sounds really fucking good. And like I said, i very blown away by it and just the, the, I guess the, the, the In Solitude track's one that caught me. I was like, well, fuck yeah, man. This thing's almost like 11 minutes. This is great to go back to that one again. But I loved it. The Harmonious, the, excuse me, the Harmonious Impiety is a great track, too. Um, yeah, that one, I just wanted to like write something super short, you know, and uh, that, because I have a lot of, uh, you know, I, I play in like five or six different like grindcore projects. Oh, okay. So it, it's always like a big part of what I do. And that that one, Harmonious and Piety, is a little bit more... It's not exactly grindcore. Because, you know, I, I like to keep all my bands conceptually and musically pretty distinct. Okay. You know? Um, I, I know there are guys like Raga Johansson, you know, he's in a hundred bands. <laughs> right. All of his bands kind of sound, you know, the exact same. And that's something I consciously try to avoid. But when I start thinking about you know, grindcore in the context of this band of, in, in Rip to Shreds. You know, I'm usually reaching for like Repulsion or uh, oh, such a good band. You know, where you know there's like already a really big crossover between death metal and the grind and the more metal side of grindcore. Right. And that, that's kind of what I was drawing from in that song. Well, it's man, this thing has got so many great tracks on it, and. Uh... Are you guys planning on doing some touring for this record? Uh, uh, when, when is this uh, podcast supposed to come out? I'm going to put it out right around the time the album drops. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so we are going to tour uh, Europe next year. Nice. Um, we, we might come to the East Coast sometime next year. It's not set in stone yet. We might. But, you know, we're still trying to... Putting together a package. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, man, I would love to see you play this shit live. I would lose my mind. It'd be really cool. Um, yeah, this record's great, man. Like I said, uh, um, it's it's got it all. Um, and I love the... Uh, and I don't really know how to say this, but I love that you have the Asian ethnic stuff throughout the the band is is this on everything if i go back and listen to the ep and the other album is that is is that there as well yeah, yeah. i love it man that's so fucking cool when, when, I, when i think about a way to express you know the themes and the visuals of the band i mean for me that's something that's just underexplored in death or not even just death metal in metal in general sure you know? um you know there there's so many asians in america and there's so few you know metal bands kind of about that experience or anything really remotely related so when i was thinking okay what do i want to write about in this band what do, how do i want to present our visuals our cover art you know all that stuff 
it, it just seemed natural to me because I barely see anyone else do it. And I want to do it in such a way that, you know, the other Asian kids are going to look at it and be like, oh, hey, cool, there's another band made of Asians out there just like me. It's amazing. I love it. I really do. I think it's very unique. It's as, it's as unique to me, the biggest compliment I could give you, was like the first time that I saw Nile. I was like, wow. Not not that those cats are Egyptian, but do you know what I mean? Just having the yeah, yeah, yeah. a theme, and, a, and it, really, it really pulls you into the album. When I was listening to this album, I felt like I was visiting something. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, man, this is a fucking great album. Kids, go buy Rip to Shreds Jubian. It comes out October 14th on Relapse Records. It's fucking fantastic. Go see these guys. Give them some money. This is good shit, man. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. For sure, man. Thanks for having me on. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.